I'm life and business coach, Samantha Sifring, and this is the Online Business Building Mamas podcast, where you learn how to build a wildly successful business from home while raising kids. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so happy to have you here today, and I'm really hoping that today's episode is going to be a welcome change in your mind from what might be swirling around in it right now constantly. Right now, there's a lot that is vying for our attention when we're scrolling and has the potential to really ignite a lot of thoughts and feelings of concern and worry. And I know right now that's true as I'm recording this and probably most likely for the next few weeks, that's going to continue to be more and more true. And I want to just encourage all of you to really be conscious of what you're allowing to create space in your head and take up the space in your head, you are in control of that completely. And make sure that it's really useful and that it is going to be helping you to create the results in your life that you want to have. I'm not saying put your head in the sand, but there's definitely a happy medium between putting your head in the sand and having the news on 24-7 and feeling all of the fear and panic that can come with a 24-hour news cycle. All right, let's get into today's topic. I've been reflecting a lot on how I do consult calls with potential clients lately. I actually just completed the launch for my group program, and that means I have done over 20 consult calls in the past few weeks to fill up my program, and it's really got me thinking a lot about how I've been doing them. One of the things that I think has really improved my consults so much, particularly in the last few months, I've noticed a huge change, is that I'm not afraid to hear a no anymore at all. I am totally okay with a no. When I was new to my business, I was incredibly afraid to hear no. And I hear the same thing from a lot of you when I talk to you about what's working in your business and what's not working and when what's not working is what's happening on your sales conversations. Many of you aren't even making offers on your calls at all, let alone asking for a yes or a no because you're afraid to hear no. Today, on this episode, I want to show you exactly how to overcome the fear of the no on your discovery calls. So first, I want to establish that a no is neutral. All of the meaning that we assign to it is from our own thinking. 
things like, but I know I can help them. And I really needed that money. And this is never going to work. And I really wanted to work with her. All cause suffering. It's arguing with reality and that makes us miserable. In the past, I've had all of these thoughts and more, but here is how I think about no's now. I think that's okay. It doesn't mean anything about me or the future of my business. On to the next. Just this one conversation had a positive impact on her. I don't need anyone in particular to say yes. I don't need everyone to say yes. My business doesn't rest on any one person's yes or no. If thoughts like these are what you want to be thinking about getting no's, here are a few tips and tools and exercises for you to try to let go of your fear of the no and potentially even embrace getting no's. First, don't beat yourself up for being attached to a yes and afraid of a no. We are biologically wired to belong and be accepted and rejection doesn't feel good. Like it's just not something we like in general. And we're also wired to really be triggered by rejection. It could even put us into fight or flight mode because we're so deeply wired to want to be accepted by others. So have compassion for yourself when you've heard no from a potential client and amp up the love and acceptance you give to yourself and the love and acceptance that you receive from others. So something that I've noticed is a lot of times we are trying to get our needs met from our business, and this is one of the ways that we do that. And it's really important that you get your need for acceptance and love and belonging from outside of your business. If you're trying to get it from inside of your business, from signing clients, that is a recipe for disaster. So really look for where you have love and acceptance and belonging in your life and go to work to really feel that. So those feelings actually come from our own thinking. The way that we accept love from other people is to think really loving thoughts. They could love us so much and we could feel none of it if we aren't thinking loving thoughts. So really be focused in on getting those needs met with yourself and with your family and your friends and your other support system in your life and not from potential clients. Also, you need to believe that more potential clients are coming and that some of them are going to say yes to you. I encourage you to dig deep in your mind and come up with evidence why this is true. Here's some ways to do that and some examples. If you're new, it's logical that if you keep taking action, eventually this is going to work. 
You can only fail for so long before you finally figure out how to make it work. This thought brought me so much comfort when I was building my business, by the way. So I highly recommend that you adopt this way of thinking that failure is not unlimited. Eventually you're going to find the end of the possible failures and like accidentally succeed. That's what I told myself all the time. If you're more established, you're going to want to remember that clients have always come in the past. So logically, they still will if you keep taking those client-creating and consult-creating actions. And if you have some questions about how to get consults, I do have a podcast episode specifically about that called How to Book More Discovery Calls or something very similar to that. We can link it up in the show notes for you, but just be sure to check that out if you're having questions about getting consults booked. This frame of mind is really important to allow you to not be attached to this particular person's yes or no. If you believe lots more are coming, then it's totally fine if this one is a no. This was my mindset on all of the calls that I did for my group program. I knew that I had way more applications than I had spots. So actually, I was looking for how I was a no and really finding my best fit clients in my interview calls. So a little bit of a shift, but... I really knew more people were coming. And even when I haven't been in this situation with tons of applications, because I know that might not be the case for a lot of you listening, even when I was maybe on my last consult call that I had booked, I still knew more people are coming. They are out there and I don't need this person's yes And it was just such an empowering feeling to really show up without any agenda on the call. Another exercise that helped me to normalize no's is actually something I did back when I was doing door-to-door sales to small businesses in my neighborhood. I had this checklist for 100 no's. It was like a physical checklist with a hundred boxes on it. And each time I got a no, I got to check it off my list. This exercise is really helpful for getting into massive action. So many entrepreneurs aren't really taking as much action as they think they are towards the results that they want. They think that they have more no's than they really do. The 100 no exercise is going to show you if that's the case for you. And by the time you've hit 100 no's, you will for sure have some yeses along the way. I know I did. I don't even know if I got to 100 no's before I had tons and tons of yeses. So just know they'll be sprinkled in there as well. But what I loved about having this checklist is I felt like either way was kind of a win for me. Like I got to check off a no or I got a client, which was amazing. Something I've been doing throughout the entire time I've had my business is this, remembering that I don't 
need to make money. I know this one's a little crazy. And yes, even now that I'm the sole earner for my family, the most powerful thought in my business is that I don't need to make money right now. I'm always looking for evidence that this is true. Before I was the sole earner, I would remember that we could live on my husband's salary alone and be okay. Yes, a much leaner lifestyle, but we could definitely do it. Now I pay close attention to my financials and how many months I could go without bringing in new clients before my husband or I would need to get a job. The relief I feel from this thought and the inquiry process of why it's true that I don't need to make money allows me to build my business and sell without stress and desperation. This is a huge turnoff to potential clients when they can just feel that we need them and that we need the sale and that we're desperate for it. It can really cloud who we are on the consult and how we show up on the consult. And so I really recommend to you that you look for how this is true for yourself as well. And if it's not true, then I really do encourage you to have another stream of income. I actually had this same conversation with somebody who applied for my group program and she was really desperate to make money from her coaching business. And she also had another business, um, a retail products business. And that business had previously brought in more money, money than it currently was. And I really talked to her about first how to build that income back up because she already knows how to do it. She's already proven that to herself. It's really about tapping into what worked before and being in that right mindset for making money. And I truly encouraged her to dig into that and really build that up so that she could move forward with her coaching business not in this desperation mode. There have been other people I've talked to where I've encouraged them to get a part-time job. I know for me at the beginning of my coaching business, I was doing VA work and I was working for another coach. I had all kinds of little side gigs on the side of this business when I was first starting it out to be able to keep funding, investing in it and not show up in really desperate energy. Finally, I want you to do a quick mental reset before you hop on discovery calls. Ask yourself this, what am I thinking right now? Write out your thoughts and then ask yourself this, what do I choose to think instead? One of my favorite thoughts to have on a consult is I'm picky and choosy about which clients to take. I had this thought even before I was fully booked. I noticed kind of around having like 16 to 17 clients out of 20, which is my fully booked, I discovered this thought in my mind and really embraced it. I loved the idea of being picky and choosy about my last three to four clients before I was fully booked. And it's one that I really enjoy, and it just brings a smile to my face 
The other day I heard my coach say picky and choosy, and it just reminded me of having this thought and how fun that was and how relaxed it made me feel when I was on the consults. Something that I've noticed so much now is that I feel super relaxed on consults and the person that I'm talking to is nervous. That is not something I ever noticed before. Maybe they were nervous even when I was also nervous, but I found it really interesting. And I actually had a consult where I was the potential client a few weeks ago and I felt really nervous before it. I was like, oh, I hope she picks me. I really want to work with her. I hope that we click and connect in this conversation and that it's a good fit. So that's something to think about too, right? Like they might be nervous as well. So whatever thoughts you choose that you want to be thinking instead, you'll want to remember these throughout the call, especially when making your offer and after when discussing any objections, questions, or concerns that they might have, it's going to help you stay out of desperation or trying to convince. I love to stay super curious on a call, and even if somebody's a no, I'm still really curious, and we usually have a great conversation about it. Staying out of desperation and that kind of convincing energy is so important. Okay, here are two bonus little superpowers I have to add. When you're not phased by the no, you're able to do two great things on the call that really serve the person that you're talking to. First, you can actually ask for the yes or no. When someone seems like a yes, I'll say, so are you in or are you a yes? And I say it with a huge smile on my face. And when someone seems like a no, I'll say, it sounds like you're a no right now. Is that accurate? And I say it really relaxed, like it's no problem at all. I love doing this on a call. It's incredibly empowering for me to just be that direct. And it's also really empowering for someone to really get to say their answer out loud, especially when it's a no. This is what I've noticed. So many people will give you a little like excuse, like I want to think about it. I want to talk to my husband and then hop off and email you an hour later and let you know that they're a no or the next day, or just like ghost you all together. And I find that it's really empowering for somebody to say a no. Not only does it not have to linger in both of your minds when you're like, I don't know, did I sign a client? Did I not? And linger in their mind, like, oh, I'm gonna have to let this lady down easily. But saying no is something that most people aren't comfortable doing, and this can be a breakthrough moment for them. That's how I always think of it when I'm on a call with somebody and they say a no, or I encourage them to say the no and then they do. I always think, oh, this is a great breakthrough. Like how often is it just totally okay for you to say no? And second, with a no, you can say, great. What's your plan 
to still hit this goal or achieve this outcome or whatever it is that they talk to you about on the call. You can help them decide what else they're going to do since they're not going to be working with you. Obviously, they still want to achieve whatever it is they talked about with you on the call. And if they're talking to other businesses or other people who do what you do, you can ask how they'll know it's a right fit. Whenever I ask people that, they're always like, wow, that's a great question. Like they never thought about what their criteria was before. And if they don't have money or something else like that, you can help them find a resource that fits their budget for right now. I've referred so many people who aren't good fits to work with me right now to other incredible coaches who I know could help them. Helping them brainstorm their plan is something that you would do if they were actually your client. You would help them figure out what are going to be your next steps? How are you going to achieve this goal? What are the steps you're going to take? I really encourage you to do that in this case and not from the place of hoping to make them a yes or like trying to twist this around, but just from service and abundance and just being a good person and being who you want to be. So remember, getting a no is neutral. This no doesn't mean anything about you or the future of your business. Your business doesn't rest on any one person's yes or no. Just this one conversation with you will have a positive impact on them, and that is a beautiful thing. The value you have given to them will come back to you. Getting lots of no's is part of running a business and keep going so you can get to your yeses. If you like this podcast, I want to invite you to coach with me over in my program, Mama to CEO. There's you and there's the consistent income you want to make in your business. And I help you remove everything standing in between. It's lifetime access for mastering your marketing, sales, time, and everything else you need to have the business and life you really want. Whether it's making your first thousand or a hundred thousand, I can help you do it. To join, go to mamatoceo.com. M-A-M-A-T-O-C-E-O.com. 